Welcome to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast, a podcast for psychotherapy group practice owners. I'm your host, Maureen Warbach. This episode is sponsored by Therapy Notes. Therapy Notes is the EHR that I use in my group practice, and I love it. It's got great customer service, awesome note templates, accurate reports like revenue reports for doing your payroll, and it has testing and med management functions. Get two free months at therapynotes.com forward slash r forward slash the group practice exchange. Hey everyone, today I wanted to talk about finding your ideal clinician. So let's dive into it. Are you having a hard time finding the right therapist for your practice? Maybe it's because you've done a ton of interviews, but you just can't seem to push the button on hiring that first therapist because something is always wrong. Um, Or maybe you have hired therapists who you've had to let go time and again, and you feel like you're just not really good at finding your ideal clinician for your practice. So I want to talk a little bit first about some common reasons why we might not be finding the right therapist in our practice or why we end up having to let go of therapists in our practice. One of the main reasons is you changed your expectations after hiring your clinician and they're not happy with it. So maybe you didn't mention that marketing is important at the interview and then you told them it was required after they started. And naturally that therapist is angry or maybe passive aggressive and says, sure, I'll do it and never does it. So look at everything that you want or want to expect or want to require and make sure that you're telling them these things at the interview portion because um, nothing spells out disaster more than hiring someone and then telling them that that they have to do more after they have started. Um, One of the other kind of top reasons is that you didn't know what you wanted until you, until after you hired them. And again, you tell them then later that you're requiring X, Y, or Z. So another example would be you hired someone who doesn't see couples and then you end up giving them couples uh, because there's a lot of couples calling and they're the only one that's open. Um, this kind of goes into a whole other topic on you know everyone having a niche and that making it better for your clinicians and feeling like they're doing their best work and um, being happy with the work that they're doing and who they're seeing. But... Um, Ultimately, what can happen is your clinicians can become resentful or you become resentful because you feel like they're not helping in the way that you need them to. So make sure you, again, make sure you know what you want and then put that in the job description and discuss that in the interview process several times so that you make sure that your potential clinician knows what you need and is really saying, yep, I'm, I'm your girl or I'm your guy for that. Um, The next thing is that you maybe weren't clear on some parts of the position, and this is really important in our line of work, especially because a lot of clinicians who join a group practice have not worked in private practice before, so they don't really know what to expect, and they might agree out of excitement for joining a practice and being in private practice and then realize that it isn't all you know, rainbows and butterflies um, in the beginning especially, and so one of the you know, main things that I think of is talking to them about how long it takes to grow. You might be a practice that 
you know, has a bajillion referrals and it won't take them that long, but still it takes longer than if they were to, you know, go to work at a hospital and get paid for 40 hours of work right from the beginning. That's not going to happen even in the best uh, of private practices. It still takes time to grow. And so um, making sure that you talk to them about what it really looks like realistically, but then also having to say that there is no definite answer to this because one person may fill up quicker than the other one. So making sure you're clear on that is going to also help. And then the last one that I you know, really notice when I see practice owners who feel like they don't have the therapist that they want or they can't find the therapist that they need is that they're interviewing clinicians who don't have a niche and then clients are not drawn to them and then they feel resentful because that clinician has a low retention rate. So making sure that when you hire someone, they do have a niche or a few niches or that you help them grow into one um, by having some supervision with them. So I want to, you know, kind of take that and go forward a little bit with that and talk about what I have is the ideal clinician worksheet. I will link in the show notes the actual worksheet so you can print it out and fill it out. But I also want to go through it in here um, in case you're not into printing things out and you're more of a, you know, a audio listener versus visual so before you start interviewing, make sure, no, make sure that you know what you're looking for. And then um, the first thing you want to think about is experience. Are there any licensing requirements that you have, whether it's I'm looking for an intern or provisionally licensed therapist or someone who's fully licensed or fully licensed with X money years of post-license experience? Are there any specialty areas or niche areas that you're looking for? I find this to be really important for me. Um, I know what my community needs, and then I look for that specifically. Um, but then there's other practices that have a single specialty practice. Obviously, you're going to want to find someone who fits within that specialty. But is there any specific training that you want them to have or specific um, treatment modalities that they use? What does your community need that can help you figure out specialty or niche within your therapist? Then some of the logistical questions is what days of the week do you want them to work? I don't know how many interviews I see people doing where they later realize that the person can't work weekends and that's one of the main days that they wanted them to work. Don't falter on the logistics side and try to accommodate so much that you end up getting a therapist who can only work Monday, Wednesday between 8 a.m. and 12, right? Um, if you need someone that can work nights because they're seeing kids and weekends, make sure that you list that in the job description and that you know what days you need, what times you need, and then also how many days of the week. Um, you know, I see a lot of people that hire their first therapist who can only do one day a week. And for me personally, I find that it's not very helpful because then clients, if they need to cancel or if the therapist needs to cancel, they're essentially missing two weeks of sessions because they're only in one day a week. So for me, uh, when I first started, I would require that they could at least do two days a week. And then do you have any minimum requirements when it comes to how many total hours per week they work? Again, um, especially if you have W-2s, there are costs to having them, like workman's comp, possibly paying for malpractice insurance, paying for their marketing, paying for their EHR and their email and their phone extension, and the list goes on. And so you might find that to really 
you know, make uh, income, you need them to be seeing at least 10 clients a week. So figuring that out as well. Um, the age old, are you going to hire an independent contractor or W-2? You want to know this before you start doing the interviews because you may find that someone uh, is looking for a position where they can be an IC because they have their own private practice or they're working at another group practice. Marketing, are you going to require this of them? If so, how often are you requiring it? Do they need to do it weekly or monthly, quarterly, yearly? Are there certain places that you're going to want them to go to market? Uh, what kind of things constitute marketing in your eyes? Do they need to be doing presentations or can they just be emailing and you know mailing um, flyers or calling places or do they need to actually be going in and networking or doing presentations and doing face-to-face -face work? Um, personality, super important, and characteristics. Uh, what characteristics are you looking for in your therapist? Do you want someone who's really independent or someone who's collaborative or who has strong social justice engagement or good with teamwork or calm or very direct? Again, these things, you know, clients look for, each client looks for something different. I have therapists who are very calm and they work well with my anxious uh, kids and adults, but I also have Therapists who are really direct and to the point and call their clients out. And this is good for other populations. So you want to see what is it that your community needs? What is it that you maybe already have at your practice that you're looking for maybe change with and when it comes to personality and characteristics? But that also helps in figuring out who's going to be the best fit um, morale-wise and team-wise. And then are there any other needs that you're going to have? Like, do you want them to run groups or do workshops or presentations or retreats or any other kind of service other than one-on-one -on -one counseling? This is one of those areas where you hire someone for counseling and then later, you know, try to push them into running groups when they're not comfortable with it. This is where the resentment can grow on your end or their end or both of you guys in feeling like they think this wasn't what they, you know, signed up for and you feel like, why are you not willing to do something that's going to help your, your you know, client base grow and help my business? So think about other needs other than just the one-on-one -on -one counseling. And then are there going to be any non-clinical things that you're going to require of your clinician? This is a big one. Are they going to have to do their own scheduling, uh, attend any monthly meetings, or do their own billing or marketing? Anything that isn't client-facing that you're going to expect of them, Make sure that you're talking about that during the interview process um, so that they're really aware of the full picture of what's expected of them. All right. Um, I hope this was helpful. I will see you next week. And again, I will post in the show notes a PDF version of these questions in case you're more of a visual learner and you want to fill it out. Have a great week and see you next week. <music>